When I record podcasts, I like to stay hydrated. Who knew talking could be so hard? My favorite drink to have to hand is Lifeline's Hydro OG. It's a tried and tested product for me. It helped me and my team complete a 24-hour podcast, giving us the edge that we needed to get over the finish line. So whether you're at the gym, on a bike ride, or just trying to get over that night before, Lifeline's Hydro OG has got your back. Each serving is stocked with all the healthy ingredients and vitamins you could ask for. There are a great range of flavors, and with each serving at only 18 calories, you really can't go wrong. Here at the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast, we like to support local, independent companies and brands, and Lifelines is a product that I am proud to endorse. Go to lifelines.com. Now that's L-Y-F-E-L-I-N-E-Z.com to find out more. Now, without further ado, here is today's episode. Hey guys, and welcome to uh, this great episode of the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Now, this is an intro before the intro. More of a disclaimer than anything. Okay, so this is a great event that we covered um, that includes some great speeches. Okay, and now the reason why I'm saying this is because I'm very proud of the standard of the audio that I include on the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Okay, it's one thing that I've always lived by. It's got to be good sounding, clear audio. Now, in this episode, I'm going to include parts of speeches that have great content, hence the reason why I'm including them, um, but the audio is bad. The audio is bad because there is an aircon unit in the background, and um, I have tried to to re- remove it, and I, I can, but then it makes everybody's voices sound robotic. Uh, if I bring it all up so it's a little bit louder, that it brings up the humming in the background, that, that's bad too. Um, so like this, I'm going to quarantine some audio in this podcast. And if you hear the word audio quarantine, then that's where these audio bits are going to be. Okay, so if you listen to this podcast for the first time and you're looking for, you know, to, to judge a podcast on its quality, which a lot of people do, um, please just uh, know that. This, this audio is, is is bad, but good. I have to include it. Please don't judge me. Enjoy the podcast. It's really great. And please check out um, Shropshire Youth Support Trust, SIST. They do great work. And it's a real honor meeting the people that are included in this podcast. So please enjoy this podcast. And um, I'll catch you on the other side. I'm going to say goodbye at the end of this one. So enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to this great episode of the Shrewsbury Biscuit. We're at an event. This is a little preamble before the episode, and I'm with Verity. Hi, Verity. Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm all right, man. Uh, how have you been? Yeah, all right-ish, mainly. <laughs> we were just, we've been talking fitness. Injuries. Like, fitness, fitness and injuries, because I go to the gym now. <laughs> You're a gym goer. I have stopped going to the gym for the last week, because I have a knee injury. 
Oh my gosh. You know, you forget, this is one of the things I have to get my head around is that normal people get injuries at the gym. It doesn't have to be a footballer or anything like that. You can get injuries. Uh, well, I got my injury while I was running. So I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow and try and swim, see how that goes. I don't know what I've done though. So I'm take, just trying to rest it. Take it steady. Yeah. We know that um, <laughs> exercise is the labour of the devil. You know, uh, it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that you do when you realise why? Why am I doing this? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually enjoying it. To be fair. Um, so today um, we are at the flax mill and we're at a meeting for CIST, which is the Shropshire Youth Support Trust. Um, there are lots of notable people here. I've seen the High Sheriff. Um, I've Selena Graham. Um, the I think the executive for um, Shropshire Council is here, and we're going to try and get some interviews and find out what today is about and what Shropshire Youth Support Trust does. Yeah, what it is, what it does. I- I'm clueless, so I'll be learning. It says here the growing young businesses. We I started following these guys on Instagram a while ago, and some of the work they've been doing is is wonderful. Um, so this is a great little icebreaker. I've got loads of business cards because the last event I went to in, in the Ragbot Community Centre, everybody was like, hi, oh, have you got a card? And I was like, no, I left my wallet in the car. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go, uh, this could lead on to other interviews, which is good. Excellent, that'll be good. Yeah. Um, we've got to think of some questions. I was thinking of some questions to ask people. We can ask everybody. And um, one of them is like, um, when it comes to success with young people, what are the f- fundamental building blocks? That's a nice question. Yeah. I like that. What sort of young people are they working with? Just any in all schools, or are we talking about uh, what category? Where? Well, let's find out, shall we? Let's, let's go and find out. some people. <laughs> this is an audio quarantine area. I repeat, this is an audio quarantine area. Thank you. For most, those steps can be wary. For most people, the steps can wear, sorry, and with some peaks and troughs, but can be a gentle slope out. But for the young people that we're supporting and need that support, that slope can be a sheer flat wall that they cannot see the top of. I've got a statement here from a, a, a young person um, who's no longer quite young, um, about their own personal journey. I grew up in an underprivileged part of the country family had no money, uh, received free school meals, lived on a rough council estate and suffered emotional abuse and bullying for much of my youth. With no support at school and, no, and home life was part of the problem, I had no one I could turn to, uh, trust to turn to for help, no respite from it at all. As a teenager, my life lacked direction and I felt I had nothing to offer and that life was hopeless. Even believing I was being laughed at or talked about constantly all the time by everybody. I became dependent on alcohol. <coughs> I attempted to end my own life. It thankfully didn't work. My mental health and anxiety became so debilitating that I would avoid going outside completely. Yet still at 17, my options in life were still to either attempt suicide again or face homelessness. Then, somewhere along the way, people believed in me. I escaped to the army, where they saw something in me. They even wanted me to stay. Later, whilst working at a pub, working in the kitchens, my employer at the time showed interest in me. 
wanted my ideas, my opinions, and eventually I got a promotion. These types of interactions are what allowed me to see that I had worth, meaning and purpose, which created confidence and belief in myself that I could do something, that life wasn't hopeless. It was also the start of me becoming more resilient, that I could try to do something, put myself out of my comfort zone. Then, as my confidence grew, so do too did opportunities and my choices in life. And I have a family. I have run my own business and I've worked as a professional actor as well. So what does that young person do now? Well, they're no longer performing or running their own business, but I found my vocation and passion as Chief Executive of Tropshi Support Trust. I didn't have an organisation with amazing people supporting it to support me. I got lucky. However, as you heard Robert say, there's been over 2,000 young people who have been supported by us by the last eight years. However, I think it'd be better to hear something from somebody who's currently experiencing some of our support right now. Um, therefore, I'd like to introduce you to Lewis. Lewis, you know, he's had an incredible, incredible journey over the last 12 months. Here, Lewis? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so we're doing a bit of QA. Yeah. So, um, Lewis has said he's had such an incredible journey himself, um, which he's to talk about a little bit. Um, so, talking to us all today, you've previously struggled yeah. with low self esteem, confidence, and trusting others, haven't you? Yeah. Um, would you be able to give us a bit more yeah. about that history? Yeah. Um, Lewis, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's originally from Wales. Uh, he's only been living in Telford now for two years. Yeah, for yeah. two years, yeah. Um, and you've lived in Lowestoft for ten years. Yeah, both from ten years I've lived uh, in Suffolk, in England. Then moved to Milton Keynes after ten years in Suffolk because of that. Suffolk was a nice place for us. It was bullied there, the race and everything. We wouldn't form the area with an outsider. So we moved then down to Milton Keynes, where we had um, questions of the move of my parents' disabilities. We were forced out to Milton Keynes. We couldn't get a place there, so we came up to tell the dead family and friends. And that's when um, I had a letter through the door one day from Telford Weekly Council to come to support the library and that's when I met Sist. Yeah, great. So um, just to give you a little bit more, uh, so uh, you would suffered quite a lot of bullying, um, yeah. physical and emotional, um, whilst in low stuff, haven't you? Yeah. Um, quite intense uh, to the point it it's to uh, trust issues uh, to engage with anybody. I know when I first met Lewis, he, could barely even look at me, could you? No. Um, and when I spoke to him, I think it was, I felt like I was putting the fear of God in him, um, <laughs> in honesty. Um, but he's come such, such a long way. Um, I just, just want you all to be aware as well that Lewis came to us through a, a, a NEATS re-engagement programme that we've been able to partner with Telford Council on. Um, and it's been, it's actually been a fantastic programme with some of the people that have come through. So uh, yeah, so um, 
So thank you for that bit there, Lewis. Um, so as you know, um, we assist work closely with close to the young people, and we offer practical and emotional support to help them try and turn their lives around, um, and to give them a voice. What elements of the support you receive from SIS was most valuable to you? Well, the most um, perfect one was I had scale up the game, I gained my confidence. I've done stuff I never done before, like do graphic designing with John, <coughs> and um, then to coding, which is really hard, but still got through it and done it. Also, then so starting out oil painting, which I've done one today now, but come here. That went all well today, yeah. And um, then breakthrough programming, three months ago, was it? Yeah. Yeah, breakthrough programming was a partnership program with the DWP as well, which you completed. Yeah, and. Um, you got yourself a part time job at one point as well, didn't you? Yeah, the part time yeah. job at some point, but. Um, with the moment disabilities, yeah, and um, yesterday. also yesterday I met the Queen, talked about stuff to her, met to quite a lot of people that day to her, really happy was. You were having a chat with the result, didn't you? Yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> Completely bypassed me, but so close. Um, <laughs> um, and um, you've recently. Uh, because with work, he's been working with John, he's been mentoring with uh, uh, John on the graphic design front. Um, and Lewis is absolutely determined he is going to set up a business graphic designer. Um, he's completely on his own, he's, he's identified, I need to go and do a course so he can get better at it and obviously learn his, his craft, his trade. Um, but in the meantime, he's, he's been recently commissioned uh, with support from John to create a logo for a local community project with Lloyd Bank Foundation as well. Um, so even before he's even got close to starting the course. Um, so yeah, it's an absolutely amazing um, journey that Lewis has been on. Um, are there any specific changes that you're proud of about what you've achieved? I'm uh, very proud of what I've done with you guys, with all my skills in graphic designing. I'm um, really proud of myself with coding. I managed to go through all of that. Even though it was tough, but I decided to keep going on, didn't stop at all. And I'm enjoying your painting, it's getting more skills, more drawing skills, from the tech drawer. So, can you get a lot of stuff? This, this painting is actually really, really good. Um, I, I, I'm confident to put drawing fine, but painting absolutely no, no chance. I don't know how you can obviously You've done absolutely amazing. Um, finally, what would you say to anybody who is struggling at the moment, a new person is considering contacting us? What would you say to them? I'll say um, go for it, contact them, get more skills, and make yourself feel good. You're going to learn some new stuff, you're going to meet some brilliant people like Richard, Jason, Rebecca and John too. Yeah, very, very helpful and everything, very proud. Yeah, and just go for it. Thank you very much, Lewis. Yeah. Thank you, thank you.
So that was Richard Nuttall and Lewis there. Um, great speeches. Again, I'm sorry for the quality of the audio, but you can they, they tell a real story there, and in times quite touching stories, you know, and it shows you how um, CIST has affected the lives of both of these gentlemen. And um, here we have an interview with these two gentlemen. So here we go. So we heard your speech about how um, CIST has helped you over the year. Uh, how long has it been? Uh, the past 13 months I've been with CIST. I've gained so much with my skills, my confidence. And yeah, I'm happy being with CIST. What, um, what, how, in what ways has CIST helped you? What, what has it given you over the last 15 months? It's given me some skill, like um, trying new stuff like graphic designing which unlocked something new for me and some new designings graphic design's great isn't it when you get lost in a, in a project and you're trying to work out where to put that line or where to put that logo do you find yourself disappearing into that yeah I'm always designing stuff I've made the nice banners definitely with um, the infographic with the Lloyds Bank Foundation recently I made it with John the other day. Yeah. What do you What do you want to do when you're older? What, or what you know, out of this? What do you want to get out of it? Is there a profession you want to go down? Yeah, I'm hoping to, to um, get more into it. I'm hoping that I can go to college one day, get yeah. a course into it, and hoping to get some graphic designing. You've got you've caught the bug now, haven't you? The graphic design, the creative bug. I, there's nothing better than sitting down with, um, for me, a bit of audio or a bit of video or graphic design. Um, have you made friends? Your sort of age, young people that are part of Well, we're not tightly friends, but there's a few people I've seen on and off around the cyst. They're ones their own businesses. An animator that I've met before. Yeah, and um, yeah, quite a few people. Wonderful. And uh, to see CIST grow the way it has, you know, you've been there for 15 months. I've been following CIST on Instagram for a while and I've seen how much it's grown. It must feel really nice for you to be a part of that growth, right? It is. I I enjoy every bit of it and hope I can enjoy more in the future. Brilliant. Now, if there are any young... Have you got any questions for Lewis? No, No, it's all right. You you said when you were up there, have you been commissioned to do some graphic design for a company and you've not even done started your sort of course yet? No. That, yeah, that's With Bank Foundation. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. I haven't got um, no course or anything. And I just done it like that. And that's all through the contacts that CIST have put, put you yeah. in touch with? Activity. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's I really enjoyed. good. I, 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 just, I learned about um, you know the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once it was, won loads of awards at the Oscars apparently the team there the editing team there were four of them that had never done a course in editing before they had to go and learn how to edit this movie and it won Oscars so it's, uh, it's a great thing that you can if you want it you can get it and we've got Richard here as well who gave a great speech what does it feel to see this young man here today um, progressing the way that he has Oh, it's absolutely amazing what what he's done. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, yeah, he's had guidance, support, and things like that. But he's Lewis is the Lewis is the person that's done it. He's done that hard work. Yeah, and at times, 
terrifying big what I've seen like big gigantic steps and he's just gone yeah I'm not joking at the moment he's one of the most determined people I've met honestly I might like, want to come and meet would you like to come to his royal visit and meet the Queen I'll be there whereas even just a few months ago I said earlier you know I'd, I'd he'd be in the office and sat with John John's working with him I've gone over said hello and he's just like he's it's almost like tenacity in the headlights kind of thing but from that to where he's gone it's just short short, short period of time honestly um, and I might add as well Royal Visit completely outdid me yeah um, in terms of he looked absolutely fantastic <laughs> um, as well you looked well dapper didn't you yeah um, how did you feel about that really how did you feel <laughs> <laughs> no comment no, no, no comment turn that mic off but no honestly um, I we've, there's been, we've had several people who've worked with Lewis on different parts of the pro, different programmes and parts of programmes so there's the ones we had sessions called Ignite where it's helped Lewis to explore his ideas and his passions for him to start coming out and actually it was on one of the Ignite sessions you, when you was in there you said I've got a job interview and you asked the, Lewis asked the question could you possibly help me prep for the interview or something like that didn't you and so luckily the person was delivering it did knew how to knew how to do that it was just completely off the cuff question he got the confidence to do that and then they just did some interview prep with him he went there and he smashed it and made the job yeah. After my after my job interview, one hour later, I get a phone call. Got the job. Yes. How does that feel? Well, great. First job, smashed it. That could have gone terrible if he was like, hey, "I felt awful. I didn't even want the job." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, from the conception of Cyst to now, have you progressed as you wanted, or has it gone quicker and better than you expected? Um. It was going. It was going really well, and then we, obviously the pandemic happened. And I must admit, at the beginning, of the early, uh, the beginning of that pandemic, I genuinely thought we were going to shut down through lack of funding, support, and, and what have you. I know how that feels. <laughs> um, but then, since then, uh, I must admit, I'm I'm stubborn as hell, um, and I thought, I know it's not happening. Um, we've got people we need to support, so. Um, Went out, got funds in, we might re kickstart ourselves, but we sort of pivoted a little bit because originally we set up purely to help young people who are facing uh, disadvantage in terms of struggling to find employment to say, we'll help you create your own job by starting the business. We're now so much more than that, and we realised that the support we were giving them, as everyone's said this evening, that it's been more sort of like yes we do do that it's actually been more of a tool because we're helping them to um, realise I mean sort of someone's listening to something that they're genuinely interested in that they're passionate about listening to their ideas their, and that is I like the idea of the positive Dragon's Den you come up with the, the, the panel that will sit and listen to an idea yeah and then go actually no no keep going you're doing really well you know oh yeah we, we know people going that are physically shaking through anxiety most young people working with struggle with social anxiety um, to the point we've, we've got some as I said that I, I was once upon a time who won't leave where they live 
we've got a young person, for example, actually lives locally to here, Shrewsbury, who has been supported by two other organisations, um, uh, one for autism and one for uh, aspects of mental health, for well-being, and they referred them over to us, and um, within three months, they left Shrewsbury, because we're back, our headquarters in Telford, came over to Telford on his own completely um, and since again like Lewis has done absolutely loads of things actually did some shadowing for BBC Radio Shropshire nice nice um, yeah he's done all sorts he's chucking out and, and promoting himself out there and oh I love that I really do like that because um, one thing I noticed from the pandemic was there were lots of little startup businesses that happened from people's apartments or from people's houses. People realised they were good at stuff. And if there are young people out there that have got this burning desire to take this new skill that they've learned and put it into something, it's nice that they know that you guys are there to help them out. Uh, yeah, and we just want to spread the word, really. Uh, the thing is that we can't... We know we can't do it on our own. So that's why we're very big believers in... Obviously, need recognising that we need support ourselves from volunteers and things like that, but also working with other organisations in collaboration. So there's things you know what we might be we're recognised for being really good at, but then we also recognise others are really good at other things. So we work very closely with them in terms of right. Well, we've helped you with this. We're going to get you to go and work with that organisation now, for example. Um, but we'll keep we keep in touch. We'll be that that that, sort of, that ongoing friend, that trusted person for them to if they're struggling in any way they know they can come back yeah when you were talking which was beautiful by the way um, did I get the right plot twist that you were the person I I, I was the young person that wrote a letter to myself the statement do you know what that made me want to jump up and cheer it made me want to cuddle you it made me want to say I, I felt so much pride in you and what you've now gone on to achieve you are helping people and from a personal level you know what it feels like to have somebody believe in you and somebody invest in you time energy and I just think what you're doing is really really beautiful how does it feel to be in a position now that you can offer that powerful support that you had when you were younger it's oh, I tell you what it's almost like it's, it's sort of like priceless really um, it's, it's something I'm so passionate about um, and funnily enough it was so I mentioned before how I identified a couple of examples of where people had recognised something on me shown interest in me and opinions that kind of thing one of the main key ones which I hadn't mentioned was um, it was actually when I met my wife who's been a massive supporter of me throughout and I've struggled with mental health even from when we've met and she was actually friendly enough the person who saw that I needed to go and do this uh, eight years ago and I've been doing it since and I, I know I couldn't have done that without her support in fact she's helped me out tonight as well um, but for me personally, yeah, it's, it's allowed me that space for me to grow and develop so that I'm in a position where I can help and grow. I mean, the first two years, two and a half years, in fact, I was on my own, running the charge all on my own completely. 
and I managed to get some, uh, a couple of volunteers, which is great. And then since then, we've just grown from there. Um, so I used to do a lot of the one-to-one mentoring myself. Um, don't get a chance to do it anymore as much. Um, I still do keep me towing the water, so to speak. That just shows your progress, though, that it used to be this thing that you were doing, and now it's outgrown that. And I remember following you guys when you first began on Instagram. I think we may have been chatting. I don't know if it's you, but there's somebody part of this. And I was saying to Lewis, I've seen it grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And here you are now. You look great. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I've, we've, yeah, we've grown and, and hopefully we can, we, we can, uh, can continue to, so we can continue helping more and more people, um, more and more young people um, in the county, really. Um, so, yeah, well, hopefully we see what happens. <laughs> well, I think you're great. And if you want any help from The Biscuit, if you want to organise some interviews with some of your young entrepreneurs, or you want to want us to attend any of your events, we'll be there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. No, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank this is an audio quarantine area. I repeat, this is an audio quarantine area. Thank you. For those of you who don't know about High Sheriffs, um, they've been around for well over a thousand years. It's a royal appointment. The role is ancient, vulnerable, venerable, and on the whole, honourable. The Sheriff of Nottingham was a bit of a PR disaster, but we came through. In the past, our role was very much concerned with keeping law and order. We were responsible for the entire administration of justice, from collecting taxes to apprehending criminals, trying them and hanging them. It's a pity this has changed, really, because I was reliably informed at the beginning of my year that the only thing for which we're still entitled to be paid is attendance at public executions. By the very nature of its age, the roles changed considerably over the years. We still support and are responsible to the Crown in respect of law and order. And I've had an incredible year. As well as reading the proclamation for the accession of the King, the Jubilee, the Commonwealth Games, I've been to fates, picnics, beacons, parades, processions, royal visits. I've visited prisons, courtrooms. I've been, been cut out of the car by the fire service. But alongside all of this, the greatest privilege of the High Sheriff's role really is to seek out, encourage and celebrate the great work that so many people do in our county for little or no financial reward. Those who go the extra mile to make their community a better place. It's easy to make a buck, said Tom Rockwell, it's a lot, lot harder to make a difference. So the theme of my year has been volunteering. I've met hundreds if not thousands of volunteers across the county this year and seen the value of what they're doing at first hand. But I've also got to better understand the reasons that we need them. Shropshire has a population of about half a million. It's the largest inland county with a huge natural environment and fewer people to look after it. We have just one person per hectare, whereas the national average is four. Of Europe's ten richest and poorest regions, only one of the ten richest is in England, which is London. But nine of the poorest are in England, and Shropshire's the sixth poorest. It's not a county of privileged masses, but of the uncomplaining few. There are lots of problems that you're all aware of. We've got an inwardly mobile, ageing population who tend not to bring their younger, more agile carers with them. 25% of us are over 65, and in the next 15 years, the number of people aged over 65 with dementia is going to go up by 80%. We have islands of communities dotted all over Shropshire with no transport to connect them. 
or internet. And if they do have internet, then you've still got that digital divide between those who can and those who can't use a computer. So we have disproportionate numbers of isolated people. In the past year, we've seen a cost of living crisis, a fuel crisis, the war in Ukraine. We already had 400 homeless people. There are 4,000 children across the county eligible for free school meals. And you add to this the post-COVID mental health pandemic, and there's a 77% increase in the number of children needing specialist care for serious and urgent issues like self-harm or eating disorders. If you ask the police what the two biggest problems are in the county, they'll say domestic violence, approximately 15,000 people are experiencing it in this county, and the children in those houses are experiencing it too. And they'll say county lines, drugs and alcohol being part of, of that whole problem. We have the same problems as everywhere else, maybe fewer of them, but the same problems. There are other national and global issues that affect us as well as, well as everywhere else. We have a national government in grave debt. And I'm telling you all this because this is the backdrop. If ever there was a need to stand up and be counted, our communities need us, all of us. And we are rising to the challenge as a county. About 90,000 people volunteer at least monthly across Shropshire, which is higher than many counties, about one in five. And it's worth something like £280 million a year to our economy. I've got lists and lists of the people I've met, the jobs they do, from men's trips to butty vans, calm cafes to Cub Scouts, cancer support to canal trips. They're all doing an amazing job, but that's not really news. And the two things that really have struck me most, we could probably have told each other before I started this speech, but they're no less relevant. Firstly, we need more. Literally every organisation I have met this year needs more volunteers. And secondly, volunteering is in itself the cure to half the problems. The message is, about, is, is as much about what volunteering can do for the volunteers as they do for the organisations. It's just good for the soul. I've spent much of my year trying to spread the message about the benefits. To ditch depression, social interaction and community building with people who share your interests are linked with a decreased risk of depression. Research shows this is especially true for those 65 and older. So the next time you start to feel down, go volunteering. To CV build, finding new talents, learning new skills, new contacts, new jobs, so much of what COVID took away, the communication skills, the teamwork, confidence, being part of something, is given back by volunteering. New friendships, new opportunities. But I'm also not the only person in this room who, when they read a CV, looks straight to the back of the CV and not the front. That's where the difference comes. To reduce levels of stress or anxiety, volunteering can increase your levels of oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine and endorphins, an increased feel-good all-over sensation. You won't want that to go away once you've got it. Or simply if you want to live longer, a 1999 study published in the Journal of Health Psychology found that elderly people, you can see who I thought I was going to be talking to tonight, <laughs> who volunteer for two or more organisations had a 44% reduction in premature death due to the mental and physical health benefits. So the big takeaway, Changing someone's life through volunteering can, in turn, change yours for the better. If we get what we give, giving good deeds by the handful will never leave you disappointed. So that's the general. What are the specifics that I've pulled out of this year? 
It's perhaps serendipitous that two of the most influential women in Shropshire's history were Julia Bainbridge Whiteman and Eglantine Jebb. The former dedicated her life to combating the evils of alcohol. She's credited with forming the National Temperance Movement, and the latter, Eglantine Jebb, is, for, is, is credited with the rights of the child and formed the Save the Children charity. There is such an obvious lead-in for me in what I've seen in Shropshire today, the problems that I've perceived. I've got a huge head full of takeaway messages from the past few months, but the extraordinary, wide-ranging, long-lasting and devastating effects of alcohol and drugs have just come through time and time again. On a personal level, I've lost one of my great friends from university and my godson in the last year to alcohol. And on the days spent sitting with the magistrates, you can't help but notice that practically every bad decision is as a result, somewhere along the line, even if not by them, by their family members, of alcohol or drugs. I could happily do a whole speech on alcohol, but I'm going to go swiftly on to the second bit, which is children. If there's one thread throughout all of the problems that I've picked up going across Shropshire today, every community in every town across Shropshire says that there isn't enough for young people to do. There aren't enough places for them to go. There aren't enough adults who are prepared to work with them. I was horrified to hear a counsellor quite early in my year talking about trying to raise funds for a safe place for young people in her town. And I could kind of see the point of keeping them off the streets and keeping them out of crime and, and all of that. So I was sort of nodding knowledgeably and trying to kind of add my bit. She said, no, 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 that's not what I mean. I mean a safe place so they don't have to go home. That really stuck with me. There aren't enough youth leaders, and more than ever, young people need positive adult influences and purposeful activities outside the school day. There's a waiting list of 600 for Cubs and Scouts across the county, and it's the same picture for cadets and other youth groups. The three words that I've heard more than any other this year are prevention, purposefulness, and partnership. Educators, social workers, police, the criminal justice system, health, they're all talking about prevention as if they invented the word. Catch them young and divert them from harm early. It's not rocket science, but it's incredibly important. It's easier to build strong children than to mend broken adults, but they need the help of the voluntary sector. We all need a purpose, in an ideal world, aspiration, but purpose will do. I firmly believe that volunteering is one of the best answers to this. But setting up your business, your own business, is a good answer to this too. And to volunteer to help people to set up their own business is an absolute double win. And partnership. A massive part of what the modern high sheriff does, or can do, is connect with people and connect people to people. Bringing them together to share ideas, pool information, avoid duplication. When there aren't enough volunteers to go around, we have to do the very best we can to make the best use of them. When Robert Bland was High Sheriff, he focused on young people, training and entrepreneurism. I chose this much wider focus in championing volunteering and have possibly been the busy fool that everyone warned me not to be. But having travelled the length and breadth of the county and met these thousands of wonderful people, I've come to the conclusion that SIST is pretty much in pole position when it comes to what Shropshire needs. Supporting young people, preventing them from getting into trouble by giving them a purpose and working with partners to help them achieve it. Bravo, and I hope that others do join you after tonight as it is singularly important work. Of course, the final role 
of the modern high sheriff, which I haven't yet mentioned, is to try and look after the volunteers that we do have, to recognize what they do, to thank people and show appreciation and make them feel valued. So in conclusion, I just want to thank all of those in the room tonight for all that you're already doing for young people and for others in the county. Rarely do people wear one hat in this sector. For what SIST is doing for young people and for what more people in this room will hopefully do for young people in the future. We all want to make Shropshire a better place to live, work and learn. And it's undoubtedly the case that together we're stronger. Thank you very much. I'm just a complete and utter wuss. And you would not be, tonight, though. In my not tonight, though. No. <laughs> in my uh, inbox of emails. So we're with the high sheriffs, um, Selena Graham, and uh, we were just talking about how uh, for the whole year um, you managed to avoid having the interview, which is amazing to hear because you are such a great speaker publicly. It's very nice of you to say so, but underneath that public appearance there's just the nervous little person that there probably is behind most public speakers and I think I'm probably more nervous than I am if that makes sense. Which is very interesting to hear especially for me because <laughs> listeners of the show uh, roll their eyes I have social anxiety um, so when I come out with my microphone Verity will test it out sometimes I will stand in the corner of a room and be like <laughs> people you know how can you possibly do what you do and think that? It's, I just jump in the deep end. Just jump in. That's what I have to do. I have to have the momentum to do that. Well, that's what you just did with me. I just was quietly refusing to speak to you and here you are yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> making me with a microphone in my mouth. We've got a better reputation than the sun, you know what I mean? We're not going to be like, oh, right, darling, what have you been up to today? You know, we, we, I'm very interested in your year because from your speech, which I hope we're going to be able to use, I tried to record it, but there was like a... A deep hum in the background. I don't know if you have to use the audio, but you talk about your year and working with uh, with people that have been working with young people, and you seeing things develop throughout the year. Some things good, some things bad. How has it been for you? It's been a massive learning curve, really. There's there's nothing that I didn't know about the fact that there were great people doing great things across Shropshire, but actually having a year to spend the time to really get to know people and problems and places that much better is incredibly empowering at the end of the day because when it comes to connecting people and connecting trying to change problems trying to make a difference the more you know the more difference you can make um, so yeah I've met a lot of people this year and learned a huge amount as I said in my speech one of the most compelling things is children that I, I think you know across the county partly to do with other problems like alcohol, like the fact that lots of places have no transport. But it all comes down to the effect it has on the future generation. Yeah, yeah. Um, you see, I've been doing this for a long time, and I get to wander around Shropshire with my microphone, like, hello, and what are you doing? Hello, and what are you doing? I, I, it's interesting to see out of a year of your life, everything's so compacted. You have, you have so much to do in a year. Has it been tiring for you? How, how do you get through those days where you're like, I don't want to do this today? I am exhausted. I'm definitely exhausted at the moment. I, but I think that's a massive part of what the High Sheriff can bring to the role, is energy. Um, 
it's a new pair of eyes to look at lots of old problems and lots of people doing things that they do day in and day out and it's bringing you know new excitement to those things and it's bringing celebration of the great things that they do but you can't do that unless you're feeling buoyant and upbeat and energetic so you said when you were talking that the room is full of uh, past and future high sheriffs how do you become a high sheriff i i don't even know um it's changed over the years, clearly. Um, you know, it used to be... Jousting. <laughs> the winner is the high sheriff. Um, and, and I think, yes, he who shouts loudest was probably quite a good way of becoming high sheriff back in the 10th century. Um, nowadays, we are more democratic. Um, on the whole, you, you are asked to be a high sheriff because people in the county think that you've got something to offer the role, so you don't appoint yourself, you don't put yourself out there to be a high sheriff. Somebody asks you to be High Sheriff, so it's an honour to be asked to be a High Sheriff. Um, and there's a panel in Shropshire who select from the chosen few that people think might be good at it. And I think they've chosen well. Um, I had an, an embarrassing situation with Tony, the last High Sheriff. We did an interview where the audio corrupted so I couldn't use it, and I saw him at um, Charles Darwin's house at the Mount. Um, <laughs> few months afterwards and I was recording the speeches and he walked past me and he was like uh, did you remember to press record this time <laughs> um, so we did do the interview with the high sheriff last year but we didn't get get it get it um, but also Dean Harris as well was such an inspirational person to me I think she's wonderful so it's, I think they, they choose well they choose people to go out there and represent Shropshire and to inspire people and I think you've done it I've seen you at events you, you see me all the time in the microphone and I remember a speech you gave at the opening of the Age UK offices. I chucked that on Instagram and it got tens of thousands of views because people really enjoyed what you did. Uh, well, you see, I don't look at things like that. So. You went viral a little bit. <laughs> Shropshire viral. Yeah, really good. I've been trying to build up the social media, the sort of Instagram followers and things, because it's it is obviously there is a platform and, and however much you don't like public speaking and however much you worry about what you say you do have a place to say things and it, it's awfully silly if nobody ever does hear you so I have consciously gone out there to try and yeah, get more people on the Facebook page and the Instagram page and I now know what young people feel like when they get and I'm there and I'm, I've suddenly hit 900 and I'm really excited which is slightly pitiful but the worst thing is trying to find someone's tag and at on Instagram. You're like, where are they? Oh, dude, I'm re-spelling it, I'm retyping it, I'm like, I'm putting an underscore. And <laughs> I agree, it's hopeless, it's really difficult. So that's the worst part about Instagram, actually, because you could tag so many more people if it was obvious how to get them. Anyway. Well, um, I think you're great. I really do. I think it's been really a privilege to see you at all these events over the years. And maybe, now we've broken the ice a little bit, we can have a cup of coffee and sit down and have a, a nice chat. Uh, just find out about your years rather than you know shove a microphone in your face come around we'll have a coffee and we can just have a sit down and a talk because I'd love to go I'd love to sort of zoom in and magnify in your year find out the things you weren't expecting to see things you were expecting to see your challenges your good things your bad things I'd love to talk about that and will you edit out the bits that make me sound silly we'll edit out all the swearing and the (laughs) shouting in the back (laughs) yes of course of course I will Yeah? Turn it off. (laughs) I love that. 
<laughs> so we're going to end this now. Um, people are starting to, to leave now, but I, I think it's been a nice night, hasn't it? I think it's been really nice. I didn't know what to expect. It, I've been really pleasantly surprised. It's been full of inspiration, a nice, loads of really nice talks. I've really enjoyed it and learning about what you do. Um, with us is John Gidney, who invited us tonight. So thank you so much for inviting us. And thank you for coming along. It's been a really good event. It's the first time we've done an event like this. Um, and it's great to see a lot of people here, a lot of local businesses and individuals and um, yeah, to celebrate some of the great work that SIST has been doing over the last year Thank or two. You Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Uh, and you've only been with, with these guys for a short amount of time, yeah, but in that amount of time, how much progress have you seen? Great progress, yeah. I first came across SIST, I think, uh, three or four years ago. I met one of the team at a local networking event and then I became a mentor um, a couple of years ago and I mentored a couple of the young individuals and um, it's been really rewarding doing that and seeing the progress that, that can be made by young people and how you can inspire them. And then more recently, I've become a trustee. Uh, my role as trustee now is to help raise awareness of, of SIST uh, to try and get more support from more local people. How does it work? Do you guys go out and look for young people? Do you get recommendations? How does that work? That's a great question because I'm fairly new as a trustee, but um, I think it's a a variety of aspects. We obviously do some marketing to raise awareness of what we do as a charity, and that attracts some young people. Um, But we also partner with several organisations and get referrals from different places as well. Oh, wonderful. And as a six, I mean, as a guy who... I don't like to talk about it too much on the show, but I work in support. I work with young people, and I always talk about like as a, a success ratio. You know, yeah. and how how does your success ratio look? You know, is do you have a lot of good people go out there and succeed? Do you have some failures? Because I know that's that's an important part of it, isn't it? Yeah, and for me, the most important thing is that when people come, young people come to Cist, is that they leave. Um, making progress um, and, and I, that's what I think I think failure is a strong word I didn't mean to use it like that but you know what I mean yeah I think for me it's all about yeah, so when young people come come to CIS we want to um, have a positive impact on their lives and their career and I've seen that as a mentor with a couple of people I work with um, you know they can achieve a lot and they get a lot of hope and confidence out of just a little bit of support from someone and I think a lot of the time they might have might be in a point in their life where they're unemployed and they don't really know what they want to do uh, and they're low on, low on confidence and having a mentor um, to give them a bit of direction a bit of hope can have a massive impact on their career I think just having like a one-to-one conversation with someone yeah. and treat them like a human being you know the, the, the general interactions you have with normal people sometimes that means the world to a young person absolutely yeah some people are lonely as well and they just need that um, yeah that conversation to uh, bounce ideas off and think you know what do I want to do in my career and they get some good advice from mentors and and off they go and they're inspired and I said I've seen that as a mentor with Lewis is a good example he spoke here tonight yeah, he's made amazing he's, he's made amazing strides um, and I've seen his confidence increase and he's got hope and he's excited and he got his first job and and that's great to see and I think when you're saying about progress because it's not just about helping young people start up a business it is literally as simple as building self-esteem and self-worth and self-belief and if they come away with more of that that's that's a win exactly there's a variety of ways I think CIS started out more focused on helping people to set up their own business but not every young person is suitable for setting up their own business and and 
young people need support in different ways and I think we're able to provide that. Um, we've got a great team, great team of mentors with different skills and um, yeah, if a young person comes to CIS needing support for their career in any way, we're, I think we've got the skills and expertise to, to help them. I'm grateful that you guys are doing what you're doing, I really am. And um, I just said to Richard, like you guys have got the support of the biscuit. I know we've been flirting on Instagram for the last two yeah. years or something, but like, <clears throat> if you want us at an event, if you want us to organise interviews, if you want me to come and do a workshop around podcasting and, and get people, you know, that'd be amazing. Excited yeah. about something like that. You've got the support of the shoes with this game, sure. That's amazing. Thank you very much for that. So we'll stay in touch, definitely. Yeah, brilliant. And if anybody's listening and aren't aware of where you guys are, you guys are on social media and stuff? Yeah, we're on social media and, and moving forward, obviously, part of the plan to raise awareness of the charity, we will be doing the odd event like this, but then also improving our social media content to try and get the, get the word out there. Brilliant. Guys, uh, go on Instagram, Facebook, look for SYST SYST. And, uh, and you'll be able to find them. Thank you so much Brilliant. for... Thank you. Thank you. Now, this is one of those times when I take microphones to an event where I haven't done the research and I don't know an awful lot about what we're going to be covering. And it sounds like something really ignorant to do as, as um, I, I guess I'm, I consider myself a kind of journalist, a local journalist. Uh, um, but... I always find out this gets the best results when it comes to audio. I am learning about a thing as you, the listeners, are too. That's kind of been the concept of the Shoes of Biscuit from the very beginning. And I got to say um, that this event was so rewarding thing to cover. Like I, the people that are involved with CIST and the people that I met that evening are just brilliant. And I feel like this event is going to um, stem off for other productions in the future. I feel like there are so much we can we can work with CIST with and the people involved with CIST. Um, so um, I'm very happy about this um, this episode. Um, again, the, the quarantine audio. I'm not even that fussed about it because, as you as you just heard, the 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 contents of those speeches are wonderful. So they, it was worth throwing that in there, and I, I hope you uh, appreciate why. Also, I want to add on the end of this that um, on the run-up to summer, I was speaking to Verity just a couple of days ago. I think we've, we've come up with a really good idea where I want to I want to visit some of Shropshire's greatest attractions, uh, great places to visit. I want to encourage people to be tourists within their own county. Um, and starting with the Flax Mill, I've been speaking to them this week. Uh, we are going to be turning up at the Flax Mill on the 2nd of April. You see, right, Lovely Land, our good friends at Lovely Land, are running a an, an Easter event at Shrewsbury Flax Mill Maltings. Um, and they're going to be doing, um, what are they doing? I've got the thing up here. It says here, working together with Lovely Land, we're going to shine a light on our wonderful natural surroundings here at the home of the grandparent of the of skyscrapers. Throughout the holidays, we'll have a range of spring-themed activities happening on different days, including a gold bunny trail, bug house building, seed ball making, creating a wildflower mural, and seed planting. We'll also have the brilliant local storyteller jake evans jake is someone i wanted to get on the podcast for a while and we haven't done it yet so it'd be good to speak to him here on site to entertain and inspire as well as a nature painting workshop to get creative um so there's lots going on at the flax mill with lovely land uh, the activities are free apart from the gold bunny trail which is one pound per child so if you're looking for something to do um 
uh, on Easter weekend, first to the third that weekend. Um, get your kids on down to, to the flax mill. Anyway, so this this conversation about this got me thinking, let's go and take some pictures, get some some uh, some footage, speak to some people about the flax mill, how wonderful it is, and let's move on to other events. So if you are listening to this and you have connections with a place where people visit in Shropshire, get in touch because we want to do this. We want to go around Shropshire and, and, and you know, as far as we can go, um, what are the greatest places to visit in Shropshire, whether it's free, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, a tourist place, wherever. We want to uh, do our best to celebrate this great county. Anyway, I've rambled on for so, so long. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.